episode 741 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, September 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm here to review the final week. You might have been looking for this on Friday, and I apologize for those of you who were. Um, couldn't quite fit it in with the time, and frankly, this might actually work better because things are a little bit more settled now as far as looking at the two starts and the potential schedule setups that we've done the past couple weeks here in this uh, in this episode. So uh, let's just dive right in. If you're if you're unfamiliar with one of these episodes, first off, don't get used to them because this is the last one of the season. But I run down every team, talk about who might go for a two start. Uh, whether I'd start them or not, if they're likely to be available, and then the platoon situation for each team as well. You know, uh, six, seven games, how many righties, how many lefties, who could that benefit? So we'll start with Arizona, and it looks like Alex Young is going to get the last two start of the season for them, facing St. Louis and San Diego. That's not a terrible two-step. Um, he has a 2.30 ERA and 121 WHIP over his last 31 and a third innings with 32 strikeouts. WHIP's a little high for that kind of an ERA. I'd probably plan for more of something like a high threes if you were trying to project what he might do with that kind of WHIP. But you like that Young is striking guys out, and I'm definitely going to give him a start here because it's a pair of home starts. St. Louis, while tough, uh, I don't think is is something that I would run away from based off of this specifically because the San Diego start at the end is a bit more enticing. And again, both are at home for Young, so I do want to get in on that. Now, they only have six games uh, finishing up the week, and they're all against righties. So that's going to be very bad news for your Wilmer Flores uh, you know, shares that you may have. Some of this is deep league, by the way. I'll, I'll make that clear right off the top. Uh, some of the platoon stuff is very deep league niche. But, yeah, if you were still looking at Wilmer Flores as somebody, hey, let me get a few lefty at-bats in there, I don't know. I, I don't know that they're going to be able to start him as much. Although, let's see here. Who could they start in his place? With Marte being out, well, no, Marte plays more outfield. Actually, that's going to help Gerard Dyson because uh, he should be playing a bunch. So if you need the steals, I would actually say that that's the most important part there is that he's a big benefactor to look at uh, because – those steals, some of you are in battles where two, three, you know, if he goes four or five steals in the final week, Gerard Dyson could be a guy who literally wins your league. Like, it, it, it's that kind of craziness. Josh Rojas uh, should benefit from it as well, although he's not really playing that well. Speaking of st stolen bases, he does have three swipes in September, but also a 693 OPS in 72 plate appearances. Let's move over to Atlanta. They've got a five-game week, so no two-start. Uh, and obviously they've clinched everything. They're just going to kind of be maneuvering around. They have a two righty, three lefty breakdown. That'll hurt uh, Matt Joyce and Brian McCann. Could help Austin Riley and uh, and or Adam Duvall. So you kind of got to make your pick there. I know Adam Duvall hit a home run yesterday uh, on Saturday the 21st. So that might you know give him a, a slight edge. It's a five-game slate anyway, so it's not like you're, you're – necessarily picking those guys first and foremost if you are streaming an outfielder here in the last week so i'm not sure i'm going to get too hung up on what's going on with atlanta let's go to baltimore dylan bundy nope 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 at toronto at boston doesn't matter nope not doing it not in the final week man i can't i can't he's done some things you know over the course of the season that kind of you know reel you back in a little bit if you're an idiot like myself uh, to thinking, mm, you know, maybe uh, maybe I get a little something going. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't mess with it. 
this this is not what you want to do. Um, you know, those of you who had Ryan Yarbrough this year just being amazing are definitely reeling today as he's been uh, as he's been decimated by the Boston Red Sox. So we know what Boston can still do. Uh, we know darn well the kind of damage that they can inflict on on somebody, and you don't want to be part of that. So uh, you got to go full no here on Dylan Bundy. As far as their breakdown, they have four righties, two lefties. If you've been relying on Hanser Alberto for batting average, it might be time to cash out and take your winnings. He's hitting just 246 against them, uh, and he's hitting 234 overall in the last two weeks anyway. So it, it's time to cash in those chips, take what you got, move on. Let's go to Boston. They have Ulysse Chassin and Eduardo Rodriguez going for the two-start. Did you even know, be honest, did you even know that Ulysse Chassin was on their team? I did. I, I learned that like probably later than than I should have relative to when he got on their team. But uh, this is not my first hearing of it. He's been with them all September. I probably learned around September, uh, mid-September. You know, I'd say 11th or 12th. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter which date. It's Yuli Shustin. Who cares? At Tampa Bay versus Baltimore. No, because they're both opens anyway. Um, this uh, Schwarin guy. Pardon me on on his first. I don't know his first names yet, so I don't know everything that's going. Mike, I was gonna say Mike too. I guess that's just the obvious, uh, you know, gut instinct when you see somebody with an M as their first name. So I shouldn't even pretend like uh, I was like really in tune there. But Mike Shawar Shawarin Shawarin Shawarin, I'm failing. But he's gonna he's going to follow Shasin on both those. So now nah, don't do it. But they do have seven games. Are there any Red Sox who could be impact who are likely to be even available? That's the that's the thing. Like their team is so good. They do have a breakdown of one, two, three, four. Oh, they have four lefties. So let's see if there's a righty or two. Maybe like a Sam Travis. They have Chris Owings. Who knew that? You didn't. Uh no, you didn't. Don't lie. Chris, I know you're lying. Don't. Don't lie to us. You did not know that. Who's Chris? I don't know, but there's somebody named Chris listening, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, deep league stuff, like I said. Sam Travis maybe uh, is probably the only one I might consider there. He's in a platoon with Mitch Moreland. And since they have the four lefties, you can maybe get something going there. Although it is Snell, Kobe Allard, Mike Miner, and John Means. That you know, Snell's a superstar. Uh, Miner's been great most of the year. Back-to-back -back duds against Oakland to finish out the year pretty poorly but has been having a great season overall and then Allard and Means are, are certainly capable so not going to get much out of Boston there and talk about Kyle Hendricks going to get a two starting it's an automatic so it doesn't really matter who he's going against but I'll let you know that it's at Pittsburgh and at St. Louis they do have six righties let's see what that means for them as far as uh, as far as platoon advantages now I usually do this uh going page to page on roster resource for some reason, the pages are a bit da are down on Fangraphs right now, and so I'm on the old roster resource. And if you know, there the only real complaint I ever had about roster resource uh, before moving over to Fangraphs was speed. So it is a little bit slow. So if you catch me vamping a little bit, it's because I clicked on the team late and and I'm I'm shifting over to their page. Uh, let's see, as far as somebody that would gain from from all the righties from six righties, uh, you know, Schwarber locked in. Um, he, he can stay hot. Maybe Jason Hayward. Hap, I don't know. Um, who would he play for? Maybe Horner, something like that. I don't know. Nothing that you can really take too much advantage of. Schwarber's, 
you know, on a roster in the leagues where he needs to be. Hayward probably is too. Not that you're desperate for him. So unfortunately, not a lot to take advantage of, despite the uh, the unique schedule with six righties. Cincinnati has six righties, one lefty. They have Sonny Gray going against Milwaukee and at Pittsburgh. He's an automatic, of course. And then with their six righties, the the thing of it is when it's when it's the advantage to righties over the lefties, it's already the the main platoon guys. So I'm usually going to be less uh, less attentive to those because you're already excited about uh, you know Josh Van Meter getting getting the benefit there. I mean. Insofar as you can be excited about Van Meter, he's been pretty rough of late, but um, he should get an opportunity to play a bunch. You know what I noticed? Uh, he is a lefty. He's probably not going to play much, but Derek Dietrich, oh my gosh. He has been invisible for a large portion of the season. Um, can't remember the, the time frame I did the other day when I was looking at this. Let me see if I can uh, recreate it here. Let's see. I think it was around this point. So yeah, June 19th through September 21st, arbitrary for sure. Basically kind of picked the tail end of that run when he was like the most electric player going. May was amazing for Dietrich, carried into June with another uh, bit of decent play. But frankly, you can almost go June 1st on. But uh, what we'll do, the arbitrary, we'll go June 19th, September 21st, 103, 304, 207 with one homer in 112 plate appearances. Just rough. And so, uh, yeah, that's not going to help Derek Dietrich get much playing time there. Like I said, Sonny Gray going. He's an automatic start, so nothing to worry about there. Speaking of automatic starts, for Cleveland, Clevenger. Mike Clevenger is going to be at the White Sox at Washington. Auto start. They're 3-3. Three and three. Um, Let's see if there's a breakdown that could help because sometimes uh, with the with the league formats, namely the NFBC, that allows you to make changes on Thursday or on Friday for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If it's a little bit more uh, righty or lefty heavy on one end of the week, for example, there's two of the three lefties on Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday uh, that they're playing, and it's two lefties and a righty. Sorry about that. That was my phone going off. Um, you could start like a Jordan Luplau, maybe something like that. Um, and then in the second half of the week, you could, I don't know, not really do anything. I don't see any lefties here that aren't getting normal playing time. Maybe maybe like a Bradley Zimmer. Like uh, I, I actually saw him in a highlight the other day. I was like, oh, he's back. That's cool. I, I've had some affinity for Bradley Zimmer way back when. Let me see if he's done anything since coming back. Could you maybe... Could you maybe grab like a cheap stolen base out of him? No, he's 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 literally uh, had two plate appearances. So nah, nothing there, nothing really there. Maybe Luplau in the first uh, in the first half of the week, and then shift over to somebody else. That's for you super deep leaguers. Let's move over to Colorado. Now they do end the season in Colorado, so that could be nice if they play three games against Milwaukee, where the ball is uh, flying all over the place. That could settle some leagues for sure. They do have Jeff Hoffman at San Francisco and versus Milwaukee. Who cares? You're not doing anything with that, of course. They are uh, five righties, one lefty. So, again, that favors the normal platoons that, that that you'd already be looking at anyway. But get your McMahon, Tapia, Sam Hilliard shares in. If you're really deep and Tony Walters is viable, since he does close at home, go ahead and get him in. Uh, the lefty that they face is actually at the beginning of the week. 
against uh, Madison Bumgarner. So even for somebody like Walters, maybe you start him at the just in the latter part of the week, the weekend only, and you get those three righties, Davies, Woodruff, and Hauser. Although those are the three pretty solid pitchers for Milwaukee, but of course it's Colorado. So anybody in Colorado, um, Garrett Hampson has actually been doing stuff in September. It's going to hurt him a little bit to only get one lefty, but I think that if you're use, if you're in a position where you've been using him for the steals anyway, you just got to keep it going. Let's move over to the White Sox. They've got Hector Santiago going versus Cleveland and at Detroit. Or no, versus Cleveland and Detroit, both at home, excuse me. They have a five righty, one lefty situation. I think you just start the guys that you normally do. There's nothing to really gain there via uh, platoons. Let's move over to Detroit. They've got Spencer Turnbull. Now, this is tough because you remember Spencer Turnbull had some good parts to the season, particularly early on when he was really doing some things. His overall season is going to look pretty solid. Um, particularly on that ball club, you know, three and 15 really stands out. So uh, if you count a league where losses hurt you, that's been devastating. But if you just look at the base skills, 466 ERA and a 140, wow, 147 whip is nasty, but it is a 413 fit because he's been just under a strikeout per inning and a passable 3.7 walks per nine for Spencer Turnbull. It's been pretty up and down. The only way, that I'm doing anything with Turnbull here is if I can pass the Minnesota start and use them at the White Sox. And even then, it's got to be, you know, a, a deeper stream situation. I don't want to mess with the Minnesota start at all. As far as streaming capabilities, five righties, one lefty. Come on. Come on. Which Tigers are you even using right now? Victor Reyes has had a nice little flourish to finish the season, but he's a switch hitter. So just use him if you are uh, if you're in a league of that depth anyway, then go ahead and keep on using him. Houston Never really much to go with because their starters are almost all guarantees. Cole at Seattle at LA, you're going with it. They're split evenly, three and three. Hopefully, hopefully we see Cal uh, Tucker get get the bulk here. Although I'll say, let me see something here with Cal Tucker. If if you're trying to use him and, and get some late value here, he does have two homers and four steals in his 50 plate appearances, so that's nice. But the two of the three lefties that they face are in the weekend. Um, there's not enough of a platoon. They should just play him. They should just play him. And if they are, then, then you use him too. If you're using Tucker, use him. That, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to try to maneuver it. I'm either going to go with it or not. I'm not going to try to uh, halfway it or any, any sort of way because the LA pitchers aren't very good anyway. So Patrick Sandoval and Dylan Peters aren't really scaring me. Casey has uh, four righties, one lefty. They only have five games, so they don't have a two-start. Moving on. The Angels have Dylan Peters, the aforementioned, going against Oakland and Houston, both at home. You're not starting him there. Four righties, two lefties. Uh, I don't really think that they have much going on that you could maneuver as far as platoon. They just don't have that many good players, and a lot of the ones that they do have, they've lost in Otani and Trout specifically. Moving over to the Dodgers. They've got uh, Rich Hill. Now, I don't know if he's going to be an opener and, and work with a follower. So it's hard to really recommend him. But it is that California two-step that you like, where it's at San Diego and at San Francisco. You love to see that. Uh, those are two good parks. Neither lineup is particularly scary. I just don't know how much that is going to be Rich Hill or if there's going to be like a piggyback of Stripling or Maeda or May or one of, you know, no, 
two of those three in each of the games, you know, I don't know the breakdown. So I don't know that you can necessarily maneuver anything there. I think there are dead even three lefties. Yes, they are. Let's see how it breaks down by the week. The two lefty, two of the three lefties are in the front end at San Diego. So maybe you sit Peterson for that. Um, maybe Lux as well. I don't know if he's playing against lefties. Uh, let me see. I, I can look it up real quick. But yeah, sit Peterson for that and then bring Peterson back maybe for the weekend series. Let's see if Lux has played appearances against lefties. He has seven. I guarantee they've played more lefties since he's been up to where he should have more than... Uh, there have been more opportunities to where if Lux was playing against lefties, he'd have more than seven plate appearances. So I imagine an Enrique Hernandez or Chris Taylor gets in. All right. Uh, moving over to... Pardon me. Uh, Miami, they have a seven-game week, one of the few teams with a seven-game finishing week here. And they're going to go six righties, one lefty. Caleb Smith and Sandy Alcantara both getting two steps against uh, the on the road both times at the Mets and at Philadelphia. Now, that's tough. If you listen to the podcast earlier this week, we talked about how Caleb Smith's actually really fallen on some hard times with the main thing that Justin was concerned about, home runs really plaguing him. And, you know, if you've got your season hinging on some big things, I don't know that you want Caleb Smith at Philly on the last day of the week. Or, or um, oh no, he gets the Saturday game. I was going to say last day of the season. But uh, second to last day of the season. So, man, I might pass here with the double roadies. I might pass on Smith. I might be more interested in Alcantara. Um, he's actually had a few... Things go his way this year. He's quietly got a little four ERA. 133 whips a bit high, but, uh, you know, not too bad. And the thing of it is, even his bad starts uh, since uh, August 1st, excuse me, have been four earned runs. You know, that's not killing you. So he has a 293 ERA in his last 61 in the third. That's Sandy Alcantara. I would start him over Caleb Smith this week. Um, As far as platoon situations with them, with the Marlins, with the six righties, uh, nah, I don't see it. Curtis, maybe Curtis goes out with a bang. I, I wonder if he retires after this year. In fact, maybe he's already announced it, but um, I don't, you know, that'd be like an NL only situation. I love Curtis. He's my favorite player, but, uh, you know, you're not, you're not really doing much there. I don't see anything. You know, sometimes they announce it early. I, l- I would like to see him go out, you know, being shown some love, but uh, it might it might be without fanfare. He might just hang it up after this year. But uh, yeah, the Marlins that you're using, uh, as scant few as they are, your your John Birdie, Garrett Cooper, Starlin Castro, maybe a couple others here and there, depending on your league depth. Just use them. Uh, you get seven games, so volume alone should help take care of anything that uh, too much as far as platoons cutting it off. Let's go to Milwaukee. They have Adrian Hauser at Cincy. And at Colorado. That's really tough. I like Hauser. I like a lot of the things he's done. But that is a devastating two-step. Two roadies in difficult parks, including the ultimate, of course, at Colorado. That could ruin your season on the very last day. Your league context has to decide what you want to do there, right? You know if you can take a beating can you feasibly take almost almost do the math right what if i get two innings eight earned add that on to your current 
uh, ERA and what does that do to you and can you sustain it? You know, actually do the math. And if you need the Ks and potential win enough and, and that potential downside doesn't hurt you as much, then go for Hauser here. Otherwise, try to just use him at Cincy and then get out. Uh, but if it's an all or nothing, I lean nothing, uh, even though he's done some good things down the stretch. Sorry, I had to catch a drink there. Uh, they have five righties, one lefty for uh, Milwaukee. I think they're kind of a set it and forget it team as far as uh, as far as what they've got. No righties that are really going to take a hit there that you are using anyway. I think they're just going to be using the players that they always use. Let's go over to Minnesota. Speaking of team that kind of uses the players that they're going to. Jake Odorizzi ends at Detroit. Nat KC, that's perfect. Wow, he could really bring some things home for some folks with those two teams on the docket for the, uh, for the final week here. Tell you what. Um, this is not so much about a platoon situation. They do have four righties, two lefties. Luis Arise. I, I, I released my second base rankings, and I put him as like an honorable mention. Then I got some some chatter in the in the comments. You know, what's why why why'd you only put him there? This guy's interesting. Uh, a guy I think Jonathan wrote out a really uh, nice post explaining why he likes him and, and some of the merits of Luis Arise. And I tell you what, I'm sold. I'm sold. I thought it was a nice case. And um, I've come around. And I really think that, uh, first off, I need to move him up. I need to move Luis to rise up. And, uh, I, oh, I said rise up. <laughs> I like that. Uh, boy, I'm a dork. But uh, let, me, let me get into this comment here a little bit here. Uh, give you guys thoughts. Because uh, I, you know, I was calling him so empty with the uh, with the batting average, wasn't really doing much for me. He's like, okay, he's got four twelve. This is Luis Arise, second baseman, uh, left hander for the for the Twins. Twenty one or twenty two year old, kind of came out of nowhere to hit three forty seven. Only has three homers though, and only two for four on the bases. So I'm like, come on, dude, what, what what's? And I'm not talking about skyrocketing up the ranks. Maybe like. 25th instead of honorable mention i ranked 30 but he's like he's got a 412 babbit which is by far the best among second baseman with 300 plus at bats and would rank fifth among all mlb batters okay underlying metrics support that um his swinging strike rate is three wait did, did he mean swinging strike rate or strikeout rate uh, he put swinging strike rate so it's three percent walk rate 10 percent xba x batting expected batting average is 92nd percentile he would pace out for 100 runs. Now, this is the one where I, I, he didn't really sell me. Uh, only seven second basemen in 2019 have 10 or more stolen bases. Two of them exa have exactly 10. The median number of stolen bases is 5.5. Arise has two and a half a season. His effect on the category among 2B is nil. He's close to league average. He doesn't add, though, and you usually want... It's not so much that he hurts you there because there's going to be a lot of low guys. It's just that usually when you have that that batting average runs guy, you want to get some stolen bases there. But he decimates you in the power categories. That said, maybe he adds some punch. And Jonathan's case is that, you know, he acknowledges, yes, he hurts you in those two categories. Um, he says the ladder is heavily affected by bat batting placement and that, you know, that's why he doesn't get ribbies. Okay, fine, fine, fine. 
Arise was only 22 this season. At 22, Kevin Newman, 16th on your list, my, my list, had two homer runs and nearly 300 at-bats in low A and A ball. His season high for homers before that before this year was five. This year, Arise has 23 extra base hits and 298 at-bats. Newman has 35 and 458. Players who have elite contact skills, strong plate discipline, sometimes develop some power from their t- early 20s to their mid-20s. I thought it was a good case. Um, so, you know, I, I take this moment here in the midst of our, our weekly setup pod to say that I've been sold on Luis Arise. I'm on, I'm on the train, and uh, when I do my second base rankings, my, my next update, which will probably be sometime, I don't know, in like December maybe, uh, he'll be moved up. You, you sold me. I shouldn't have had him as a honorable mention. I should have had him above a handful of guys there that, that are either similar or worse and just boring and, and take the 22-year-old who, who has some outstanding skills who could definitely do some things here. Other than that, let's move on. Let's go to the New York team. Start with the Mets first. Boy, they did some nice things for me. I really appreciate it. They bumped Steven Matz today in the start at at Cincinnati to give him a two-step, which begins against Miami at home. Thank you. I really hope that pans out well because it's a two-week final in my head-to-head league, so I will take that to the bank. He gets Miami and Atlanta both at home. Both Mats and Thor get that get that pair there. They have seven games. It's four righties, three lefties. Nothing to really maneuver there. Maybe the only thing is um, like a Brandon Nimmo who might get some platoon work. Maybe, maybe he is a weekend sit with two of the two of the three lefties that they're facing. Um, but that's really it. Uh, nothing else I really see there with the Mets. Only five games for the Yankees, so no starter, no two start, and they're uh, now they do have a two righty, three lefty situation, but it's only five games, so your fringe guys anyway. I don't think you want to use them, so it's it's one of those things where they are tilted with more lefties, but only five games in general. So it might hurt your Mike Fords of the world. But I don't know that it really benefits anybody all that much as far as the Yankees go. Let's move over to Oakland. They've got Homer Bailey finishing up with two on the road at the Angels and at Seattle. You like that? Now, they are tilted as well with a six-game slate with two righties, four lefties. And you know they love to platoon. Chad Pinder could be your hero down the stretch here in the final week. Um, He should definitely get benefit. Benefit some here from the four lefty situation. Sheldon Noisy could as well. Uh, but Pinder almost certainly will play more than not. Uh, he's been platooning with like a Seth Brown, who's the lefty end there. And so that could be a situation where if you were getting some good things out of Brown, maybe you look to see if Pinder's available and take advantage of that. Let's move over to Philadelphia. They've got five righties, two lefties. They have Eflin and Nola both going at Washington and home against Miami to close the weekend. Eflin and Nola could be huge for folks over the weekend with Miami starts. The at Washingtons are tough, but I think you got to start both. Well, obviously you're starting Nola, but I think you got to go with Eflin here because you get the verse Miami to close out the week. So I think I would definitely do that there. Um, no real platoons. For, well, actually, let me check. Let me check. I know Corey Dickerson being out. He was a platoon guy I was using to some aplomb. I don't think I used that word right. Did I use that word in the proper context? I don't think so. I, I, I'm going to look. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up the actual definition. I'm, I'm so stupid. No, no, that, no, that's not really. What, 
imperturbable self-possession, poise, or assurance? No. No. But I was using Corey Dickerson is the main point. Anyway, they have five righties, two lefties. Uh, Brad Miller, Adam Hazley, you NL only folks uh, using guys like that, maybe like a Logan Morrison. That's that's it, though. That's like the best you can really get from that. You're not going to uh, really turn the tables on too much there. Pittsburgh, they are running a six-man, and they have six games. So nothing as far as a two-start, four righties, two lefties. They're kind of a set-it-and-forget-it team as well. Nobody that you're really benefiting from with the schedule. So we push forward to San Diego, and they fired their manager and general manager. They're really cleaning house there. They will have the Nelson Lamette versus the Dodgers and at Arizona. It's a tough two-step. But he's looked sharp, and he's certainly been helping some folks down the stretch. You're going to definitely hear stories of how, yo, I picked up Denelson Lamette on the waiver wire and 95 strikeouts in 68 innings. That's really, really helping some folks. So he's been major for them. I think you, I think you ride it out here, even with the Dodgers on the slate, and you go with your, uh, you go with your Denelson Lamette situation as is. Now they have two righties, four lefties. Let's see what that could do. Greg Garcia and Nick Martini have been platooning a bit for them. That's going to open it up for Ty France and Manuel Margot. Uh, Both of them could be nice plays this week with the four lefties on the docket. Margot, if you need some speed. France, hopefully he can click into some of his minor league numbers. Go look at Ty France's minor league numbers. They were absolutely silly this year. He didn't quite translate them to the majors, but uh, if you're in a league that, you know, Ty France is, is moderately viable in anyway, then you might have to go for it just the same Let's go to Seattle, and they have Justin Dunn, who's likely going to have an opener, or be the opener, excuse me. Justin Dunn's going to be the opener for Tommy Malone. They've got him at Houston and at Oakland. I mean, you're not starting an opener. I don't think you're starting Tommy Malone either. Five righties, one lefty. Uh, Kyle Lewis is a righty, but I think he should still play. So if you've been riding it out with him, stick with him. I think that they're going to keep playing him, even though the the schedule doesn't really tilt in his favor. Let's go to San Francisco. They've got Madison Bumgarner. He's an automatic start. He gets Colorado at, and the Dodgers both at home. You love that. Four righties, two lefties. Uh, their main platoon guys have been lefties. Guys like Alex Dickerson, Mike Yastrzemski, who's really kind of taken over a full-time role, and um, Stephen Vogt, you know. So I will vote catch it. I don't know if he's going to figure in, but uh, your 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 Stremski, Dickerson, those those, guys, those two can be can be started. Obviously, like I said, your Stremski's almost been become a full time player, and you just go with him. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Blake Snell was amazing in his two inning outing uh, to return. Wait, whoa, 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 did I skip teams? I did. I skipped St. Louis. Hang on, back it up. Beep 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 beep. If you know what that reference is from, you know. And if you don't, you just think I'm a loser, and that's okay. St. Louis has Wayno, uh, Adam Wainwright going at Arizona and versus the Cubs. Wayno has been on fire of late, and I don't buy it at all. <laughs> but it's the last week, man. I mean, they're just time's just going to run out, I think, for regression to really come cashing in. Over his last 10 starts, he has a 243 ERA. Now, it comes with like a massive whip. Let me do the numbers here real fast. Yeah, it comes with a 133 whip, so it's totally fraudulent as far as the ERA goes. 
Although if you narrow the focus a little bit and just kind of look at this September that's been off the charts, it's a sub one whip. It's a .93 whip with a .33 ERA. The bottom line I think is that you have to give Wayno a shot here. He gets at Arizona and versus the Cubs. Cubs could be toast by then. Might not even matter. At Arizona's tough, but they did lose Ketel Marte for the rest of the year. I say go for it. I mean, you know, if he puts up two more good starts, it's going to be like all this talk. Hey, Wayno in his last, well, not all this talk, but there could be some deep league talk. Hey, in his last 12, he did this. I wouldn't buy any of that for the following year. But as far as uh, this year goes, I think, uh, like I said, I think the clock will run out before regression can really get Wayno. Now we go back to Tampa Bay. And we talk about Blake Snell. Brilliant in his two no-hit innings in, in the return from injury. He now sets up for a two-start week. He might have abbreviated starts here, but even if you get like eight or nine combined innings, I think it's worth it. It's like one mega start, and you would start Blake Snell in, in a one-start week, right? So you you have to do it here. Uh, it's Boston and at Toronto. We know Boston's tough. It's a wraparound series, by the way, because they've been playing Boston this week. Doesn't matter. Got to do it. Um, and they have five righties, one lefty. We know they platoon their dongs off, so that's going to help. The likes of G-Man Choi, Brandon Lau, Nate Lowe. So stupid that they pronounce those differently. Maybe like a Joey Wendell. Uh, So get your lefty platoons in there for the Rays. And then let's move over to Texas. They have a six-man rotation. Doesn't matter because they have six games. So no two-start there. Uh, Four righties, two lefties. That might hurt like a uh, Rudnet Odor, Nomar Mazzara, Ronald Guzman trio in favor of Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Logan Forsythe, the Lionel DeShields. That's all some deep league stuff there anyway, except for maybe Mazzara. What's Mazzara been doing? I actually, you know, I've been a Mazzara backer for years. I didn't really get him anywhere this year, though. And, wow, it looks like a fourth straight year of just, eh, eh. You just kind of, okay, pretty much the same type of deal. He's kind of living in that 90 to 97 range of WRC+, plus, where it's like, okay, you're not bad. You're not great. He'd have paced out to 26 homers if he had played a full season. He only has 18 in 115 games. Um, I wish he hits. I hope he hits two home runs this week and has his fourth straight 20 homer season. Now, that wouldn't be so bad because from 17 to 18 to 19, the the plate appearances will be down. So if you're hitting 20 a year while you know evaporating some plate appearances, that's actually an improvement. But the bottom line is it's not been that great for Nomar Mazar and the breakout that looked like it could be on the horizon just really hasn't come to fruition. Um, he would have had a few more homers with, with things had he stayed healthy, but that probably would have been able to be written off by the ball for Nomar Mazara. So move on from there. Let's go to Toronto. Clay Buckholtz versus Baltimore versus Tampa Bay. Boy, I remember this time last year, Clay Buckholtz was actually doing some pretty nice things. Wait, he might have been hurt by then, but down the stretch, he was pretty good. I think he, I think he got hurt to end the season. But he had a 98 and a third innings of 201 ERA with Arizona. Could not replicate that at all in Toronto. He's been an absolute nightmare. Is he doing anything of late? No, getting his face caved in. Baltimore dropped seven on him in three and two thirds. That's a full no. I don't care what league you're in. Do not try to convince yourself that he'll bounce back against Tampa, uh, against Baltimore. I know that the data says when a guy faces the same team twice in a row, that that first start has no bearing on the next. I don't care. Do not put yourself in harm's way there with with uh, Clay Buckholtz. They have four righties, two lefties. Kevin Biggio, Billy McKinney uh, get the benefit there, probably at the at the cost of like a Brandon Drury, Jonathan Davis. But you're only using Drury and Davis in 
you know, AL only at, at best anyway. And we finish off with Washington, Corbin and Scherzer. You got to love getting your absolute studs. Two starts to close out the season there. Um, last day of the week, those of you with Scherzer who are chasing down titles, you're going to have a game against Cleveland and that could be fun. You know, that could be a lot of fun to see what he can do for you. And if they have some, something as far as like playoff position going, you know, he's going to go out there and, and go ham. Conversely, if things are kind of locked up, it can go the other way. I actually just thought of that. As I was saying, I was like, well, then it could actually be pretty crappy too. It looks like they're going to... No, they're going to have to play that out. Barring something crazy, they're going to have to play that out. So um, we'll see. If, if Milwaukee keeps the heat on them because they want to host that game and, and they want to protect their spot, the Cubs are not dead. So they have to not only uh, try to host that game, but protect their spot in general, Washington does. So you should be all good. I mean, you're starting them anyway. doesn't matter. Corbin and Scherzer, automatic starts versus Cleveland, uh, versus Philly versus Cleveland, both at home. They have five righties, two lefties for Washington. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head as I'm clicking on the page. If that has any sort of potential benefit. Let's see here. Nah, not really. Uh, maybe Brian Dozier is a sit because... Uh, you know, you're not really playing it much anyway. Like I said, it was all deep league. So that's going to wrap it up. Uh, good luck, everybody. I know you're chasing down these Roto titles, these head-to-head titles. I'm in a big head-to-head battle myself. Second week of a two-weeker. Should be a lot of fun. I've got a few outside shots in some Roto situations uh, to cash. One, one Hail Mary shot to uh, One Hail Mary shot to win a league. It's probably not going to happen, but it is a Hail Mary shot. And I will do everything I can to try to keep that going. But uh, otherwise, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing here and grind it out and hopefully get my handful of caches that are still available to me and bring home that that head-to-head title. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back this week with some stuff. Um, might, might be more 2020-focused unless you can give me some stuff. You can tweet me if there's things that you feel like I could do next week, either solo or with with Justin or with a guest that would be viable for the week that's different than this, let me know. But otherwise, I think we're just going to have a little bit more. You know, we'll we'll update news and and talk about injury news and stuff like that. But for the most part, the main, you know, I'm going to kind of do like some news up at the front and then like a main topic. Those main topics will probably be more 2020 focused. But anyway, thanks for listening. Good luck this week. Peace.